What's up, guys? I'm back again with another episode of Being Comfortably Reborn African. I really appreciate you guys joining me again. Today, we're going to wrap up the grooming series, and we're going to talk about how these predators maintain control of these unhealthy relationships, as well as go over some updates with the news. I know right now, the R. Kelly interview is trending like crazy. Also, we have an update on the Catholic Church situation, as well as this documentary that came out about Michael Jackson. This is affecting a lot. I mean, people are pulling his music, statues are being pulled, and they even talked about a Simpson episode that featured his music being pulled. So the sexual abuse thing is real. It's something that's happening, and of course we see it in celebrity land, but all this information that I'm providing you is to really, really combat it within our communities because although we have these celebrities that are the faces or these entities that are the faces of what we're talking about in this Me Too type of climate and child sexual abuse, but in our communities, if we don't start holding our own brothers, sisters, uncles, neighbors, whomever accountable, then what else is there? So we can, again, have these focal points that we can debate about all day, but we have to start paying attention to what's going on in our communities and combating those situations within those communities. So stay tuned for this awesome information. You know I always leave you guys with the nugget of the day, of the week, whenever you're listening to this, but I appreciate you guys coming back and stay tuned. So the first update is going to be in regards to the situation going on within the Catholic Church. So recently, as of March 7th, a French cardinal was convicted for failing to report sexual abuse. So it looks like he basically covered up the abuses committed decades ago by a priest who pretty much was abusing abusing minors and confessed to it. And it's interesting to see that those who covered it up are being held responsible because ultimately, if you're covering it up and you're not saying anything, like I said in the last podcast, just imagine the trail of hurt and the pain that you are, that you're leaving. Because by you not saying anything, if this person has an issue, if this person is truly victimizing other children, you're pretty much leaving them to, you know, have their way. So who knows if this cardinal had said something prior to this could have stopped other children from being hurt. So it's really important that I know even with this R. Kelly situation, they talk about the parents, they talk about the road managers, the publicists, all these people who are around him and see it and how they should be held responsible. And I agree a hundred percent because in the mindset of like sex trafficking, they're like layers of that process. There are people that have to fly these people around and get them to certain destinations. There's so many layers to this process that has to happen before a lot of these celebrities or certain people get access to these young girls or young boys and you're pretty much allowing it to happen. So I can understand why they're holding other people accountable. And I appreciate that. Now, I'm not sure about the sentence because it says that, you know, he was given a six month uh, suspended sentence. Uh, however, it's kind of like, you know, what, what hopefully, ultimately, I feel like ultimately, I hope that this will kind of change the idea that covering up is okay. Like, I feel like ultimately the kids and our children and our youth are the ones that we need to be taking care of. So as much as, yes, the Catholic church might have this thing that people are judging them based off of, in order to build themselves up, 
out of this is by truly holding people responsible. And I appreciate that now we're seeing that that is somewhat happening. And again, like I said before, we can't blame God or blame an entire entity for individual actions. These individuals that happen to be within the Catholic church or within these certain organizations or spaces, they're the ones that are committing these crimes. So let's not hold the entire uh, Catholic church responsible for the acts and the of individuals. We need to start holding individuals responsible and not judge an entire, you know, faith because of the actions of individuals. So I, again, I want to keep pushing that message because we have to start looking at it from that standpoint. These are individuals that are doing it and everyone involved in it, although they might be attached to that entity, they, they should be held responsible. And then the next thing is this Michael Jackson documentary that came out it has really affected, it's starting to really affect a lot of the things that he has going on. They have said that certain certain places have pulled his music. There's a statue that's being removed. There's a Simpson, Simpson episode that had his music that's being removed. I mean, it, it, it's, it's tough. And of course, there are everybody that has different views about it. And you know, some of the things I agree with, some of them I don't. But as a person who survived sexual abuse has dealt with, you know, the process of that. I want people to hear my story. I would hate to be in a position where if I share my story, people are like, well, no, sorry, we don't want to hear you because that person has passed away. Ultimately, I can see both sides of it. I can understand how, yes, the documentary might be one-sided. It didn't interview, just like the R. Kelly. The R. Kelly was really detailed. Like, it went into a lot of detail. You 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 saw a, a deeper... You just saw how much time they took to truly research this information. Whereas the Michael Jackson one, you saw from one lens. But ultimately, as a survivor, if something happened to me and I want to share my story... Although the person might be passed long gone, passed away. If that is the time that I decide to share my story, I will want people to listen. So I can't, as a survivor, say that, yeah, this and that doesn't seem off. Or, or, and it, even though it might, I can't tell and say they don't deserve to tell their stories because I will want someone to hear me. And if you haven't gone through it, it's kind of hard to truly say that what you could and couldn't do. Like, it really, you really can't because there are a lot of people who don't say anything. They wait until the person's long gone to talk about it. They wait until they're older to talk about it. I have been in spaces where I've been around older women and older men in their 60s and 70s that are, this is their first time ever talking about the abuse that happened to them. And the people are long and gone. So it's, it's just hard for me to not give this documentary the same energy I gave R. Kelly's because it's just not fair. If we're going to look at R. Kelly situation and watch the documentaries and look into the information. We have to do that for anyone that comes out and tells this story. So that's my take on it. But it's, you know, a, a lot of this stuff is evolving. I know that his family said there was an FBI investigation done on him and they did it for a, a, a long time and nothing came out from it. So I'm pretty sure a lot of this information is still developing, but I know that's what's really going on right now with him. Oprah also did a, a post show after it was over, which was a very, a lot of people were upset by it. They felt that she shouldn't have done that. And I understood her point because she is also a sexual abuse survivor. And 
it's kind of like, man, we see these situations where these people have these level of celebrity. And for me, it was hard for me to grasp the fact that Michael Jackson, someone I grew up, like I'm a huge fan of his, even before I came to the United States, I remember watching his videos. He was like my eyes to what the United States looked like. I grew up watching Madonna. Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Boy George, like all those pop artists. And they were the, they were my way of seeing what America was like. And to hear someone that you literally grew up watching as a little girl in another country, it's like, really? But ultimately as a survivor, I have to allow and, and understand why we should allow people to share their stories. And then ultimately, yes, people who are lying, people who aren't being honest should be held responsible as well. And we need to find out what the facts are, get all the details. And ultimately we don't know. We don't know what happened. We weren't there. We can't see it. And I have to put myself in the shoes of, Hey, there might be people who I share my story to. They might say they don't believe me because they weren't there or they don't think that this person would do that. So I I understand both sides of it, but we have to allow people to share stories because I would want someone to hear mine. I've been getting messages over the past hour, so many people talking about this R. Kelly interview. It was his first interview since he was jailed last month, and R. Kelly says the charges of aggravated criminal sexual abuse are all lies. The singer spoke with Gail for nearly 80 minutes yesterday. He strongly denied having sex with underage girls or doing anything illegal. And Bianca, he wants people to talk. I quit playing. Quit playing. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this I gave y'all 30 years of my career. Robert. 30 years of my career. Y'all trying to kill me. You killing me, man. This is not about music. I'm trying to have a relationship with my kids, and I can't do it. Y'all just don't want to believe the truth. You don't want Wow, family. I don't know how many of you saw that interview, but it was it was intense. And we have to applaud Gail King for holding her composure. There's a video. I mean, actually, there's a picture that is circulating where you see her just sitting, just legs crossed, just staring into the air while he was having his moment. She kept her cool the entire time. And I respect her for that. I I, I take take points like, okay, I wonder if that happened to me, if I would respond the same way. Me, just being a survivor, I don't know if I would necessarily be comfortable being around people that explode like that. However, kudos to her for having so much patience. And she also interviewed um, the women that he's dating with. And these are women that their parents have come out and say that they're brainwashed as a cult. Even after the fact, Gail King talked about how when she did interview those young girls, he was right behind the wall and in certain moments he will cough to make them know that he was around. So who knows? You know, the hard part is like, man, it's hard to truly know if everything they're saying is true because people want to, people want the parents to be held responsible. And I can understand that because the question is, well, why this, why that people, it's kind of like people are saying, well, people have known for some time that R. Kelly had these issues. So how come you guys would allow your kids to go around them? And that is a very good question. So as we see how everything plays out with these new allegations, and of course, R. Kelly is back in jail because although he was get, he was bailed out, somebody, 
uh, they, she says she's a friend of his, bailed him out, but now he's back in jail because he owed back child support, and now he owes all that money, and I, I'm sure they'll sort that out to figure out how much he'll ha- actually have to pay to get out of jail, but we don't know if he's just going to be there until then, and I know prior to this happening, they had said, like, although he got bailed out for the 10 counts of sexual violence that he has up against him they were saying that this child support thing might land him back in the in jail and that's where he is so i'm pretty sure the level of if they did another view interview with him after that he might be even more explosive but that's the update with those things i'm pretty sure there'll be more and more that will happen as i continue to follow this but again i want to keep reiterating the importance of we can get lost in the fact that this is happening in celebrity land and how this person should be held responsible and why they're only focusing on this individual or these individuals and not these. But ultimately, anybody out there that's been affected by sexual abuse, sexual violence, sexual assault, anything related to any hurt, pain, tell your story, share your story. And you deserve to be heard. You deserve to be heard. It is what it is. However, as people are going out and sharing their stories, we have to be open to find out the facts. We have to be open to get all the information out of it and get the details from it because we don't want this one-sided thing. And I think from the outside, a picture can be painted for someone and we can all automatically jump to conclusions. But just to go back to the whole Jesse Smollett situation, the more and more facts came out, the more and more information came out, it's kind of like it kind of shaped how people responded or they, they started to back check and say, okay, maybe I responded too quickly. So I think I know even for me, I'm learning to really like sit back and wait till all the facts come in before I respond to anything because it's real out there. These are real situations that are happening. However, there's a process going on in the background and unfortunately, the reality is there are some media outlets that have clickbait there's some media outlets that might not be as factual or they'll just run with the first information they have not realizing that they're more attached to it so let's continue to be patient watch how this happens and plays out and ultimately any survivors out there please tell your stories if there are documentaries of other people that need to come out put them out there but we really need to create a climate where we are saying that we will no longer accept our youth We never accept our women, our men to continue to be victimized. We need to set that climate point blank period and just set it where hopefully this will change the kind of climates that we're in where people feel more protected and safe in their communities. So let's talk about this last phase in the process that predators use to maintain control of their relationships. Now, this part is really, really interesting. And I know with the whole R. Kelly situation, a lot of people don't understand like why Would the girls stay if they are really going through this? Why would they sit there and lie about what he's doing? And again, we don't know. These are all the allegations. We don't know what truly is happening. But researching this aspect of it, how predators maintain control of these situations, it really gives you a deeper look into like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So the way that they really work this in is through guilt and shame. So before I know, I told you that they're getting close to their victims. They're building a relationship and they're like, oh, I would never do that. I would never do this. But also a lot of the stuff that they might be doing, they're collecting information to use it as blackmail. So we talked about the secrets. 
So if, for example, if one of the secrets is they've been smoking weed with the predator has been smoking weed with the victim and now they've sexualized the relationship and the victim or the victim might say, Hey, listen, I don't want to do this anymore. Now they're saying like, well, you remember that you smoked weed with me. And if I tell they're going to drug test you and now you're going to pop positive. So it's things like that, that they're using to keep maintain control in that situation. And they've already vetted the person. Remember their patients that's going on. So they've already vetted the person to see, okay, they'll be trying little things within the process to see, okay, are they going to disclose? Are they going to say anything? Okay. I've been doing all these little things for the past six months. They haven't said anything. So I know that I can reel them in more. So as they're desensitizing them to sexual activities and things. And again, the younger the child is, they might not even know what the words and the things they're doing even means, but they're desensitizing it. But maybe even if that child decides, okay, this is uncomfortable, I don't want to do this. They're starting to use this guilt and shame, these secrets. They'll even use videos. Just imagine if they made videos. I know one of the things that they talked about on the R. Kelly documentary is he liked the video. He had them, one of the girls talked about he had them doing some things that were just so uncomfortable that they don't ever want to talk about it. So just imagine if you were doing things that were like one of the things that they always talk about is him peeing on girls. So say that they were literally like he was allowing them to do it and they have it on tape. Those, those young girls might be a little afraid that that tape might be put, put, put out. And yes, ultimately if they consented to it and that's something that they did, that's on them. But some people get embarrassed the idea of a tape being exposed, showing, you know, showing them new, showing these lewd acts happening to them, they might be embarrassed by that. So just imagine if the person you once trusted was like, oh, let's do this video. And now come to find out, they start to use that as blackmail towards you. You might be hesitant to leave the situation. You might be hesitant to even say anything. So they'll use different things like that. And even when I talked about the whole coaching situation where you've seen situations where it's the coach of a team or it's the doctor that basically does the medical reviews for the young girls. Sometimes they'll do situations where they might be like, well, you know, you're the star basketball player of the team. So if you say something, I'm going to cut your playtime. Or even if it's the doctor, they might say, well, I'll just write up and say that you have this issue and you won't be able to play. So just, just, and this is just some ideas so you guys can kind of visualize as to what this is how they maintain, maintain control because now they've built all this trust. They've collect all this data. They've had them do all these different things. And now they're using that as blackmail to maintain and keep control. So that child may feel like they're locked in for X amount of time and they start to feel guilty that they've allowed, you know, that they've done it. And they might even war with situations where like, well, I did allow them to do it. So I'm wrong too. So just imagine the emotional and the mental trauma that they're dealing with just trying to break that cycle. So some of them might just stay and they might just deal with it. So that is a way that they maintain control of those relationships. So as parents, as guardians, as people that know that it's important to have the back of our youth and our young men and our young women is really to reinforce a lot of the same principles we talked about earlier. We have to continue to have those conversations with our children about healthy touches and uncomfortable touches. Today, I took my daughter to a doctor and she had her checkup and 
I have this conversation with her, like I said before, where I say, hey, whenever you have a checkup, if the doctor ever wants to see your private area, mommy's always in the room and this is what happens. So this happened today, literally today. The doctor was like, okay, I have to look at your private area, but this only happens when I'm in the room and mommy's in the room at the same time. And she walked her through the process and was like, okay, I'm going to pull your pants down now. She literally walked her through it and had that same conversation that I had with her to pretty much reinforce that conversation. So it's important that you even have those conversations with people you care about. Or even if you know that your doctor has a checkup, you talk to your child, your doctor, pull them to the side and say, Hey, I've been really talking to them about unhealthy touches and certain things. So can you just reiterate it? Because sometimes, I mean, my, my kids are young, but sometimes it's that third party, that second party or whomever that reinforces what you said. And that might be what like really hits home with that child. So like build a community around that child, have that conversation with multiple people, but continue to reinforce the idea of, I need you can come to me and talk to me about anything. Because as parents, I'm pretty sure my, again, my children are young, but I'm pretty sure there might be things that happen that you might overreact. So we need to find a way to respond in certain ways that leaves the conversation type of relationship open. And if something does happen to your child, they're open to talk to you about it because you've had a healthy communication relationship. And then if they do come talk to you, have the bravery, like let them know that they're brave. Like, thank you for telling me that. But also on the flip side, like one of the things that I got from researching is, and it made so much sense. You would, me, if my daughter came to me and told me about that, I would instantly want to act. And she's younger, so she might be fine with it. But you might have older children that, want you to respond a different way. They might come and tell you and say, mommy, I don't know if I'm ready to tell anyone yet. And now you have to deal with how are you going to navigate holding this person responsible and then explaining to your child like, okay, this is why I need to do this. And you might overreact and say, listen, I'm just, we're just going to get in the car. We're going to pull off and we're going to go handle this. However, think about your reaction because you're reacting based off of how you feel and you have to make sure in that process, you're keeping in mind the person that was victimized and you want to make sure you let them know like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is why I'm going to do it. Like make it into a process. And this is easier said than done. And the reality of it is like, unfortunately, as much as we can prepare and learn about this stuff, we have to hope and pray that this doesn't happen to our children. But if it does, how you respond to it is going to be extremely important. So let them know that they're brave. And as you're letting them know that you're, they're brave, talk to them about, okay, if this is ha this happens, this is why I need to hold this person responsible. And let them know the big picture, the reason why I'm going to hold them responsible and go call the police right now is I want to protect the next girl out there. I want to stop this from turning into a generational thing or I want to stop this from happening to someone else. So this is why, because what if this happens to the girl down the street and so on and so on. So if you really paint a picture for them and make them understand in a deeper sense as why you're doing it. And of course it might vary depending on age group, then have those conversations. And again, if they're young or who, whatever age they are, make sure that you go get them help. Get them help as soon as possible because although R. Kelly might say that it doesn't affect them or it kind of does, it has an effect on you. You never know how they're going to look at the opposite sex. You never know how it's going to affect how they view, you know, sexuality and things like that. So get them the, the help that they need as soon as possible. And if you are a parent like myself, 
one of the things that the doctors I researched said is it might trigger you. I, I, I don't know how I would handle if my daughter ever came to me and told me something happened to her. Like I would, I would, I would try not to take personal responsibility and feel like I failed her because I, I just will, I just don't want my child to ever to experience something like that. So if it becomes a trigger and it becomes something that affects you, you might have to get help. And that might be something, even if you're not someone that has that history, you might need to get help as well. This is going to be a collective to find out as a parent, how am I going to be able to support my child through this? How am I going to be able to support them through this? So you might need help through that process. And there's so many communities out there that's going to help you do that. So really, really, again, continue to pay attention to the relationships that your children have, who they're talking to, who they're around. Ask them questions. This stuff can affect their behavior. As I detailed before, some people, it'll be internal where you see a difference in their behavior. But like I was telling you guys before on the last podcast, that for boys, it might be an external. They said boys respond more externally, so they'll get angry, they'll get into fights. So to you, you might think like, what's going on with my son? He's having these outbursts. He's just having like this, this weird response now. You might just think like he's going through a bad phase, but you never know if that could be attached to that. So you want to just continue to have those conversations, ask what's going on. If it's, you know, they're spending one-on-one time with their coach or whomever, really just get involved, do pop-ins and check-ins, just check and pay attention. And again, if this ever happens to you, there's so many resources, there's so many things out there that you can contact to help you through that process. One of the organizations I love because, you know, Rain is something that I became a part of, their Speakers Bureau back in 2011. And I just love what they stand for. They're the largest national network for rape, abuse, and incest. But please check out RAIN. It's RAIN.org. You can contact them at 800-656-HOPE. Again, that's 800-656-HOPE. Or again, you can go to rain.org. They have a live chat where you can talk to someone live. They'll provide you resources. And a lot of states have, in Ashley counties, they have rape centers or they have centers within the communities that you can access to, you can get access to, that you don't have to worry about paying extra money. They'll provide free services for you so you can get that child, that adult woman, that adult help, the adult man, the help that they need. So tap into your resources. And again, if you haven't heard the rest of this podcast, go back and just listen to the entire four-step process so you can really learn about this grooming phase because the same things that I'm telling you now are same things that can happen to adult women. It can happen to adult men. There are adults that are still going through situations where someone is grooming them and they're maintaining control of an unhealthy relationship because they have all this dirt and blackmail on them if it's a form of a video or whatever. So really, really just start paying attention to the signs even within the people you care about as well as our youth because it's really, really important that we create a climate that this is unacceptable and we start holding people responsible. So today's nugget of the day is just a reiteration of being a visionary. And when I say be a visionary, it means to truly envision and act towards your dreams and goals. Again, I'm going to repeat that. Being a visionary is to vision, to have the vision of what you want, but also act towards that vision. You can't just have a vision and do a vision board and not act and put action steps towards it. I have been doing vision boards for the past three, four years, and it's really amazing to see that it comes true. Like the stuff really happens. However, there's work that you have to put in place in order for those visions to come through, come true. 
I'm actually literally staring at my vision board right now. And I know in order to achieve those things, I have to put work in. You can't just write something down and just expect it to come. You have to work towards it. So when you're creating that vision and you know that say you want to have X amount of dollars in your bank account by the end of the year, there are action steps that you have to create. So you might have to sit down and budget like, okay, this is how much money I have coming in. This is how much money I have coming out. Okay, what adjustments do I need to make so I don't eat out as much? that I don't do this as much, all these extra expenses. Maybe I won't eat lunch outside. I need to make my own lunch. Maybe I need to start, you know, getting creative with my meals. Whatever it is, you'll do those things and make the adjustments so you can hit that goal of being a millionaire by the end of the year, whatever it is. So what action steps are there that you have to take in order for you to hit that big goal. So start thinking about that. Be a vision, but you have to act towards your vision. You have to make moves. Don't write it down. The Bible says write it down and make it plain, but you have to act in everything that you want. God isn't going to just bless you with it because you wrote it down. You have to act towards it. So you have to be faithful. You have to do these certain things. Um, You have to really be steadfast in your spirituality while also moving because it just does not work like that. I know in the Bible they talk about when God walked up to the, um, I believe the term is paraplegic, the person that couldn't walk. And he's just like, pick up your mat and walk. He had to act like, he's like, okay, you believe, but you also have to act. You have to take that first step. And there's so many people who don't take that first step. They just say, okay, well, I know it'll come. It'll come one day. So act towards it, be a visionary, but put the foot, like get, pick up your mat, get up, have the faith prior though. But Put in the work and then that vision will come true because I am a testament that it works, but I have to work. So remember, it works, but you have to put the work in, be a visionary, but act towards that vision. What do you get when you bring together four inspirational speakers with a purpose to motivate the masses? You get speak fire and that's fire with the why. We are a group of masterminds who provide on-the-go motivation to fuel your minds, bodies, and spirits. If you're a leader, you got to check out Leadership Fire with Michael G. For you students out there dealing with all that academic stress, check out Student Fire with Bobby B. If you're a youth and you're dealing with the growing pains as you become mature and transition into adulthood, check out Young Fire with Sean B. And for you queens out there, you ladies, Check out Internal Fire with Aisha T. And that's everything woman empowerment. Remember, that speak fire with the Y. And that speak fire on all social media platforms. Check it out right now.